0: Hi there, welcome to episode five of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir, and I've been a middle and high school teacher, as well as a teacher of future and current teachers, and I love a good story. And I love to explore ways to help students live out great stories and for educators to thrive in their own. That's what we talk about on this podcast. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful and epic classroom. This episode is called What Do We Do About Scripted Curriculum? One time I was talking to this teacher, and she was telling me about how her principal has this expectation that when he's observing one of the classrooms in her hallway, that when he leaves that classroom and walks into hers, she should essentially be finishing the same sentence of the teacher that he previously observed. Meaning he has this expectation that their curriculums, their lessons are so scripted out, so much in a box, that when he leaves one room, you should be at the exact same place in your lesson. Now, what does this do for that teacher's confidence? How does this make this teacher who is highly educated and highly skilled, and as I said in the first episode of the podcast, highly creative, teaching is an inherently creative profession. What does this say about how she feels trusted and how empowered she is in her work? Because listen, I am all about having similar learning goals in a, in a school, right? They're, they're, we can come together as teacher teams and educator teams and stack hands on where we want our students to be at the end of a learning unit or at the end of a school year or at the end of an experience. We can all say, yep, we all want our, teachers to be able, or, our students to be able to read this well or write this well or understand this math or, or understand this concept in science. I am all about having and sharing similar learning goals But I think there's a reality that as educators, as professionals, we all have our different ways of getting our students there. We all have these different talents and skills and methodologies and pedagogies that we know work for us to get our students to that common goal. And when we have these scripted box curriculums, it's like saying, actually, here's the best way to put it. My friend and author, John Spencer, he once said that asking teachers to follow scripted curriculum is like asking an artist to paint by number, right? It's like saying, hey, I recognize that you are a highly trained, highly skilled professional with all of this creativity to do things in these dynamic ways, but we're gonna ignore all that and give you this script that some company put together and that we decided as a district team to give to our teachers to teach our students. And I get the temptation behind scripted curriculum, believe me. I understand that, that there needs to be some forms of accountability and we need to make sure that our students are learning well and getting to places and sometimes there's this research-backed curriculum that, that can produce outcomes and maybe it's the safe way to get there. But what I want to talk about in this podcast, among other things, is that it isn't always the best way to get there. We're leaving things on the table when we are handcuffing our teachers, handcuffing educators, and not allowing them to teach using the creativity that they inherently have. And it's robbing students of some really significant experiences as well. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about some concrete ways to work within schools that have scripted curriculums because we can preach all day about why we don't like something, but the reality is is Some of us have these scripted curriculums we have to work within, or maybe it's not your whole curriculum, but you have certain units that are pretty mapped out and there might be an expectation that you follow that map. And so how do we still exercise our own creativity in the midst of all that? So that's what we're going to talk about. You know, when I was teaching a ninth grade English class, there was another teacher on my hallway who had the exact same curriculum as me, meaning we had the same learning goals for our students. And I remember very distinctly, we had this persuasive writing unit. um, And again, we had the same, we wanted the same outcomes. And so when we met as an English department, we said, okay, our goal is for our students to be able to write persuasive essays in this way, and that they're going to be able to understand how to use claims and evidence and reasoning. same similar learning outcomes, but we also had the freedom to get our students to those points in different ways. And so I remember that other teacher, she had her way of doing a persuasive writing unit. She gave all of her students a very similar topic to write about and gave them the expectations and she taught them how to write persuasive essays. And they all had to write about the same things using uh, the the methods that she taught them. Great, And, and you know what she was, or she probably still is, a phenomenal teacher. And that's how she wanted to teach persuasive writing. For me, I wanted to do it a little bit differently. I I am such a strong believer in project-based learning and trying to find ways to give students authentic goals and purpose for their writing. And so I taught them how to write persuasive writing and we used logos, pathos and ethos and I required research and claim and evidence and reasoning. I I taught the same things except my students had a little bit different of an outcome. My students had to write their persuasive essays, but then at the end of it, we put them in letters and we sent them to the county commissioner. So my students were writing persuasive essays on, we want a skate park in our town and trying to persuade the county commissioner to allocate funds for a skate park. Some students said they wanted community gardens in our community. And so they wrote persuasive essays, asking for more community gardens. One student wrote about revitalizing the riverfront in our city and was trying to persuade the county commissioner to pay attention to that. Some wrote about homeless shelters and they all had these different things they were writing about. But they were still having to use all of the elements of a persuasive essay. And so we all got to that same point at the end. I used a little bit different of a motivation to get there. But we still, at the end of it, both had classes of students who knew how to write persuasively. We had similar outcomes, but different ways of getting there. And what this does for me as a teacher is it allows me to be creative. It allows me to really try to think about what are some fun ways to engage my students in a way that I know how to do best. For this other teacher, she got to use her best practices to engage her students and help teach them these important concepts. You know, at that same school, we had a choice reading program. We decided we want to allow our students to choose what they read in our classrooms and yet we still it was driven by different thematic elements and so You know, during one month, we might have wanted to read books that were all about heroism and finding the heroes in novels. Uh, We, you know, during Black History Month, it was all about pouring into texts written by black authors and, and, and dealing with issues in the past and learning from them. And so we had these different themes driving it, but we decided what if we didn't require our students to read To Kill a Mockingbird? What if instead we found books that really fit them like Dark Rising Sky or the book How It Went Down or The Hate You Give that have similar themes and messages and ideas and literary elements, but it's a different way of getting there. And so this is what we did. We, we, we gave our students the ability to choose what they read but the outcome was still the same. They became better readers. They became better at talking about the books they were reading and writing about the books they were reading and having discussions about it. You know, we were still having the same themes, asking the same questions, even giving some of the same assignments, but now it was about maximizing engagement. And this is what I just so firmly believe, why we should not just script out everything. Because as teachers, we seem to have our finger on the pulse of our classrooms. And and especially when we collaborate and work together, we can find the best paths to help our students to get to where we want them to go. But when we say, no, there's only one way to get there, and, and we actually don't even have a say on what that way is, It restricts creativity, and I really believe it restricts student engagement. When we box curriculum, it's like putting a governor on a race car, right? Like we're trying to win this race and go as fast as we can, but we put those governors, remember like when you'd go to a go-kart track and they never go that fast because there's a governor on them, right? Like it's like we're doing that. Teachers are highly trained professionals with ideas and creativity to share. And the other thing that I think makes a case against scripted curriculum is that life isn't scripted so neither should your curriculum kids need to learn to fail and iterate and learn from mistakes and solve real problems you know if the set answer to every problem they solve is hidden in the back of a textbook or at the end of a lesson plan designed by some company Students aren't getting the chance to practice and develop this vital skill that they're going to need throughout their lives. They need the unexpected. They need to get their hands dirty sometimes. And I don't think following a box curriculum is necessarily the best way to do that. So there's the case against it, but you might be listening to this and think, great, I couldn't agree more with you. But this doesn't change the fact that I work in a school that has expectations for me to follow this boxed, scripted curriculum. So first, let me just say, I hear you. In an ideal world, that wouldn't be the case for you. And I've worked in schools, too, as well, that have those same constraints. And, you know, I'm going to keep preaching this message of allowing teachers to be empowered and use their creativity more and more. And hopefully we continue to see that pendulum shift and the needle move a bit on this. But there are realities that we have to work within. And I think there might even be some positives found within semi-scripted curriculums, and I'll get to those in a minute, but here's a few suggestions. If you are working in a format that has this scripted uh, curriculum for you or scripted units and lessons, what, what can you actually do about it? So one thing is how can you provide bookends to your units? So if there's a predetermined structure to your curriculum, can you design some type of end goal to it? Because here's the thing, students want to know that there is a trajectory for their work, just like we all do. They want to know that what they're doing is actually building to something. This is what a good story is. You're working, and at some point, there's a payoff to it. There's like a climax to the story. And we all want this for our lives, and it's no different for students. They want to know that what they're doing is actually building to something. And that's why I say, what if you could give bookends to it? What if there was an outcome at the end of the learning year? Unit that all of the learning somehow applied to in this way. So for instance, let's say that you have a unit, let's say you're a physics teacher and you have a unit on terminal velocity and the physics of falling objects. And there's a set way that you're going to be teaching it. Well, what if at the beginning of the unit, you said to your students, we are going to learn the math and science behind how fast different objects fall from certain heights. And at the end of the unit, we are going to drop things from way high up and you're going to see if you can predict how fast they're going to fall. And then you go throughout the whole unit and you teach it the way you would teach it. And you teach the formulas and the practice and whatever that curriculum looks like to teach them about terminal velocity but the whole time you're reminding students, remember guys, what we're going to do at the end of this is we're going to make predictions and then we're going to go drop stuff off the roof of the school. Or we're going to climb up on an extension ladder and we're going to drop stuff and we're going to see if you can make accurate predictions. Or you can do what a teacher who I worked with um, did and you could call the city and see if they can bring a dump truck to your school or a big lift truck and you can drop things from 60 feet up. And that's what this teacher actually did who I worked with. And we're going to have some fun testing out the math and science that we've been learning. And so what happens, this accomplishes two things. Students are more engaged because they've got this fun thing they're working towards, right? They're, they're excited about testing out what they're learning, but then you're getting to exercise your creativity more. You're adding a flair to the work that you know is getting your kids excited. You know, that's what I did with this persuasive writing unit. I knew that there are certain ways, best practices to teach persuasive writing, and I'm not going to go and reinvent that wheel. I've learned some from some really brilliant English teachers how to teach this, and I've read some really good books on how to do this, and, and the school that I was working on, the English team, determined that there's some really great ways to teach persuasive writing, and so I'm still going to use best practices, but I thought, you know what, if my students aren't just writing persuasive essays for the grade book, but actually writing it to persuade elected officials to make changes in their community that matters to them, what if that got them more excited? What if, what if they were looking forward to the climax of that story, what it was all building to when we took their persuasive writing and we put them envelopes and sent them away? And so this is the way it can work for you, is what if you gave it this beginning, middle, and end to it? You introduced a problem at the beginning, and then the quote-unquote scripted curriculum was the rising action But then you added this climax to the end of it, something for your students to actually do something with their learning. So my next bit of advice, if you are in a place that has this scripted curriculum, is do something about it. I mean, I think if we feel strongly about a change that needs to take place, then we've got to do something about it. You know, and and I think one of the best ways to do this is to actually use your voice as an educator. And I know sometimes it can be drowned out by noise and you can feel like you are not valued. But the truth is you are a highly trained and highly educated professional who is on the ground working and your voice actually does matter now, especially when you can find other people who agree with you on it and you can go and present your ideas in numbers. I I think there's always strength in numbers. And so my suggestion would be to you, if if you are feeling tied down by the curriculum or you feel like it's restraining the outcomes for your students and your own creativity and joy in your work, set up a meeting with your principal or curriculum specialist at your school and then come to that meeting, maybe with your teacher team, with other people who are feeling the same way Go to that meeting with concrete alternatives or examples of what you have in mind that have had success elsewhere. Provide research that shows that your alternative has merit to it. I mean, if you feel strongly about an idea, you can't keep it in. You've got to do something about it. Now, I know it may take some bravery to do this, but there is power in conviction. And if you present what you want and there's buy-in from other team members, a united front in the change that you want to see, I find people are receptive to that. I mean, it's not perfect and there might be some compromise as you present your ideas and a little bit of give and take, but honestly, I think teachers and educators have to find their voices on this. We've gotta find a way to advocate for real best practices and advocate for the expertise that you bring to the table. So my, my last suggestion, if you're working in a place that is a bit more scripted in this way, is maybe we have to reframe our, our thinking behind box curriculum. What if we view it as something that takes items off of our plates, because then we don't have to plan as much. It's scripted in that way. It's provided, and therefore it frees us up to be more creative with how we teach it. Let me let me say that again. What if we reframe the way we look at scripted curriculum because it doesn't require as much planning? Yes, there's still preparation, but because we don't have to plan as much. What if that frees us up to think about how we're going to deliver that? Because teaching is about more than what we are teaching. It's how we teach it. It's leading discussions. It's telling great stories to illustrate points. It's one-on-one interactions with students. It's differentiation. It's meeting students where they're at. It's, it's building relationships. What if having a curriculum that's planned out buys you more time for all of those other things? And so maybe try to view it that way. What if you could see it as a positive in some respects? Hopefully it lessens and you can have more creativity, but within the constraints you have, How can you deliver in a better way? How can you really meet students and build those relationships and connect deeper and find better ways of direct instruction and one-on-one instruction and, and finding ways to supplement what's there? What if having a curriculum that's planned out buys you more time for all of those other things? Because again, it's not just what you teach, it's how you teach it. And I also believe that even if there is a script to follow or if there's a prescribed lesson for you each day, that doesn't necessarily restrict the other standards that you can pull in. Maybe there's power standards that need to be covered, but maybe there's other content standards that you can add in as well. And maybe that's how you're getting to exercise your creativity. You're finding ways to supplement what's already there and giving life to it. And maybe that's planning a beginning, middle, and end to a project. Maybe that's bringing in another book or, or having students uh, do the choice reading on top of what they're reading elsewhere. I know that it's not as simple as that. And I know we can't cover it all in a short podcast. But really, you are a creative person. Right, your creativity is part of the work you do. And so maybe it's about how can I spice up what already exists. But ultimately, I hope more and more schools can see curriculum as guides for teachers, but not the path. Because if you're an educator, you have creativity and so much to contribute to crafting what students learn and how they learn it. And what a shame it would be if that skill, that, that characteristic of yours is not utilized. So I hope you can keep finding ways and are empowered to exercise your inherent creativity as an educator. So, hey, thanks for listening to episode five. Would you take a second and make sure that you're subscribed to the show so that you can be the first to know when the new episodes drop every Monday? And please leave a review if you get a chance. My name is Trevor Muir, and this has been the Epic Classroom Podcast. Thanks for all that you are doing to make learning into an unforgettable story for your students and really just for making learning epic. I'll see you next time.